Hey everyone, this is Tim Shorts of Gothridge Manor. Doing a drive home podcast tonight. I'm going to get ready for a game that I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but I'm going to be online around, I don't know, later and uh, play with who shows up. So hopefully a couple people show up and we'll get some gaming on. Otherwise, I'm going to kind of just work on a couple projects that I got working. I always, you know, always got something going on, so uh, make good of it either way. Uh, it's been a while, but I've got a few call-ins. Some of her, some of them are kind of crusty because they've been sitting around in the bin for a while. So I'm going to start off uh, my call-ins with Jason. Hey Tim, Jason here from Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Sorry about the road noise. I'm on the way to work, driving the van. Just want to let you know that I enjoyed your GURPS episode. Excellent antidote there at the end and interesting stuff. Yeah, I bought GURPS, you know, when I was still in high school with a box set. I'm not sure it was first or second, but it was both in a black box and had the the four, you know, circles or squares on the front with different things. One was a soldier and one was like a spaceman and one was fantasy. But, and I've looked at it throughout the years. Um, I remember the horror book that had the skeleton peeking out the door was really cool and it had stats for like Victorian and modern and I think a different time too but anyway yeah I've always liked GURPS um so it was interesting hearing you talk about it talk to you later bye hey Jason thanks for calling in bud uh yeah GURPS is was definitely my go-to system for years decades actually like I said I think we we stopped playing AD&D in around 86 or so and then we I pretty much was playing GURPS exclusively for the most part until 2009. So what is that? 20, 23 years or something. So yeah, that's <laughs> quite a long time to put into one system, but yeah, their source books were just to me. I still, I still have them all. Um, I mean, luckily I've got quite a few and I was really lucky back in the day, Steve Jackson games, they had this amazing policy. I mean, they were just so cool to work with as in like, say you ordered a book, because my magic book sometimes, for whatever reason, would be the ones that would fall apart. And it was a you know paperback one, big paperback one. And if it fell apart, you could contact Steve Jackson Games, and they would send you a new one. And yeah, it was it, it was fantastic. And they didn't want the old one back. Usually, they said just give your old one to somebody else. And what I would do is put it in a, a kind of a binder. So the pages was holding, and then I would give them to someone else. And because of that policy, I used to work with kids back in, back in the day. And um, I know for a fact, I get two kids that are no longer kids, they're in their 30s now, I think, are playing role-playing games and running. And I know the one kid, he's, play, he's, he's running, uh, what is it, Adventure League Games for 5th Edition at a gaming store because of Steve Jackson's policy games of, of, you know, doing that. Cause I was able to give him my extra books. So he would like role play him. I got him into role playing and I, I thought it was a good, um, I don't know what you want to call it. A good, good activity for him to kind of just, uh, use his imagination because he was such a creative kid and he was kind of in a situation where anytime he was trying to, to be creative or writing, it was kind of stifled. And so, but when I introduced it to the household a little bit, you know, his parent 
his, his mother uh, seemed to be a lot, little bit more accepting of it and allowed him to do it at that time. So, you know, I, I, I give Steve Jackson games credit for that, not only having such a great system, but having that policy back in the day. And because of that, that's introduced, at least I know of from my, you know, from my experience, is two people are now have been role playing for a couple decades because of that, because I was able to introduce them into role. Not saying that they wouldn't have anyhow, but that was their gateway to it. So, uh, and Jason, thanks for calling in, man. Appreciate it. Uh, I hear you everywhere, man. You, you keep it, you're, you are, uh, uh, you know, hear you on every podcast. So it's good to hear. Thanks again. Hello, Tim. It's Che. Great to hear you back on the air, man. Really, really good to hear. And also, thank you for your episode talking about GURPS because, you know me, I'm getting into that game and um, you kind of, you know, warmed my heart. Just wanted to say one thing, though. 4th uh, edition GURPS doesn't have a 250-point base. An awful lot of the published materials are catering to that really high-power gamey 250-point standard, which really is being inspired by the influence of 5e because players expect a high level of ability in their games. But as uh, Gwethaint taught me, um, GURPS actually works just fine on 60 points, um, 75 points even, um, 50 points, whatever. You can really jack that down, and I just wanted to say don't be afraid to dig into it just because... A lot of the supplements and other stuff are hitting a high level. I'm getting into it big time. Game on. Now it's Che Webster. Thanks, Che, for calling in. Very much appreciated. Uh, che actually called in while I was kind of uh, on a uh, podcast hiatus, you could say. Pretty much gaming hiatus for a while just to check in. So, uh, Che, appreciate it, man. That was, that was very nice of you. Uh yeah, yeah, I, I, maybe I was mistaken because like when I was, when I remember getting fourth edition, it seemed like everything was like jacked up a little bit, like it wanted to be more of a high powered game and, um, where third edition seemed more accessible to the lower, lower level type games, lower power games. Uh, so I'd have to look into it again and tell you the truth, Jay, I've had uh, dungeon fantasy, the box set for, for a while. I got it for a really good, but, uh, or I think I got the whole box set for like 40 bucks at this game store. It's still in the wrap and I still haven't opened it yet. So maybe after listening to all your podcasts, I'm going to need to crack that thing open and, and stick my face into it again. So, and uh, see what's going on. I mean, I, I, Tell you the truth, I kind of like the idea of getting in. Not, I don't think I'd want to. I don't think I'd want to GM in a GURPS game, but you know, the idea of maybe playing in one that that sounds cool. That does sound kind of fun. I wouldn't mind doing that. So, but again, Shay, keep up the great work. I've been listening to your uh, episodes. Love the one with Jason recently. Very cool. He, my, the, call, you know, he just called in. So, it seems like you guys are. Uh, been watching the store and keeping it tight while uh, been away, so that's great. All right, guy, uh, Jay, thanks for lo- thanks a lot. Hey, Tim, Josh Beckelheimer here. The only experience I've had with GURPS was a play-by-post game that I did maybe two years ago or so. It was like a historical fantasy game set like during the Third Crusade. It was very, very role-play heavy. I still never understood the rules 
or what I even had on my character sheet. We just role played like crazy. I mean, usually some of the posts be like five to six paragraphs per person. And so I just rolled when I was told to. But like most play-by-post games, it fizzled out because the GM just stopped posting or a player stopped posting. It's pretty sad though because that was one of the best role-playing experiences I've had in that game. And I wish it kept going. Josh, so good to hear from you, man. You've been away for a while. Thought I took a break. Yeah, no, it's good to hear. Josh Beckelheimer, uh, very good guy. That's interesting. Uh, play by post with GURPS. That would be it. I've, I've uh, only done that once where we did the play by post, but it didn't really seem to have a system. I don't, not the one that, not anyone that I recognized. It was more of a, it, don't, it was almost more like, you know, collaborative fiction is what it turned out to be. At least that's what it, there, I think there was some roles here and there, but mainly it was role playing and it was fun. I mean, as long as you didn't get too, uh, uh, wrapped up in the, the rules or wanting more, you know, uh, I guess roles in it, you'd been fine. And I kind of just went in for what it was, you know, just seemed like more of a collaborative fiction with a few roles in there. And that it was fun. Uh, it kind of petered out too. I think there was me and my friend were just doing it because we hadn't gamed in a while and we just never had the chance. You know, schedules were always an issue. Uh, he was in the military at the time. And the, but the one thing we could do is we could do uh, play by post. So that way we could, you know, post to one another when we both had time. So that ended up being, it was good. It was good to be able to game with them, uh, you know, as as much as that is gaming um, at the time. And uh, no, it filled in a hole that was there for a while until we were able to get back to the table or the virtual table, so to speak. So Josh, hey man, I'm glad to have you back. Appreciate you calling. It's it's very cool. So, uh, We'll talk to you soon, bud. Yo, Joe lawyer. First of all, my box smells absolutely delightful. I'll protest your characterization of Doritos and whatever the other thing. You very well may get high off it. Yeah, yeah, if it's still lingering in the air. But that's about it. Um, as to the other thing you talked about, um, you know, I, I, people I think would rather smell my box than Jackson's box. I mean, you know, look at the guy. What the fuck? Think about it. Anyway, back to the other, the main point. All those high-level transportation spells and limits and all that kind of stuff you talk about, I think they come in high-level adventures because people don't get them to high levels, <laughs> you know? Um, I kind of, if I can get away with it, house will the crap out of those early on and tell them, you're not ever going to get a teleport or shadow walk or, you know, that one that gets the cleric back to his home sanctuary real fast or any of those fast, even polymorphs are paying the balls, man. You know, turn into a bird next thing you know, your way ahead of everything. I just, it's just, I hate it. So I try to get rid of them early, but a lot of players protest. I do what I can. <laughs> Later. That was my bud Joe, the lawyer, talking about my unboxing episode, or, well, Zivy's unboxing episode, actually, with, uh, with Matt Center, that thing. I wasn't going to smell his box, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know, Joe, I tell you what, I, I kind of, that, the high-level spells and stuff, I think they're just, they're just a bunch of unplayed with toys. I mean, they're, they're there and I, I don't think the players get to use them. And I, and I, because they are 
powerful. But I mean, I want my players to feel like they're capable and they can do shit. And I don't want them to limit what they can put in their toolbox in a lot of ways. And, you know, you've probably experienced that in play with me because I, I, I'm, I have no, I'm one of those GMs. If if it fits, and it, you know, it's not ridiculous. Let's go with it. Let's see how it works, and and uh, go from there. Um, because I, like I said, my campaign's nasty enough. It's deadly enough that I, I want my players to have as many tools in their toolbox as they can, and I don't want to limit them. Like if, if they can use creative uses for polymorph or movement spells or sanctuary, like you're saying, I, I think it's I think it's cool that players can have that. It's okay. I mean, I. I prefer that because I know if I'm playing in a high level little campaign and I and I finally get my character up there to a high level and then I can't have the toys it's like well <laughs> it's like come on man I, I just got teleport why, why now all of a sudden I can't teleport because ah you know but the thing here, here's the thing though I, I know sometimes spells or toys tend to be a can be a detriment or a pain in the ass for a GM or an ad, a specific adventure, and I and I'm very like as a player because I'm you know despite my running games of lately I'm primarily a player. I always try to talk to the GM if there's a situation or something you don't like or if it's causing too much problems, you know just let me know and I'll you know we can tweak it or maybe. Maybe teleports is too um, much of a game breaker in your campaign. Well, then, can I, you know, since I picked it, let me let me pick something else. Or is can we use teleport in a a different way? Can we can we make it something a little bit different? You know, so it's not just sort of the free for all that it is there. Because uh, I have like a limited teleport thing in my game where you have to have the place marked off on a rune, and then you can recall off of. The rune, and they go to that specific point. So it's a little bit more limiting, but you can still use the teleport. But yeah, I mean, let the let the players play, man. Don't take away the toys. All right, I'm back, guys. It's a day later. Still driving home. And uh, I was able to deliver ice cream unmushy, which was very important. So, but the thing I was going to talk about was the community itself. I was listening to Che and Jason discuss the community itself, how welcoming it is. And it is. I mean, really, really uh, is one of those. And I think it can afford to be as generous and as nice as it is because of its smallness too uh i mean because like when i first got in the osr it seemed like a lot of folks were just in there just to make stuff and share stuff i mean once in a while you get somebody snarky but it didn't get real nasty or anything the nastiness came later on when things people the the uh the groups got bigger and so did the opinions and egos for some folks, and then you know that happens when you when you get a successful one. But the audio dungeon right now, or not, you know, the anchor community and audio dungeon is something that 
it's small enough that it's still got that nice, you know, you got the nice group of folks who are very supportive, very uh, kind to one another. And, and they want to just go in there and play games and talk about games and, or, or just discuss what's going on in life. Uh, it's a good thing. It, it really, it's a nice place. Even though I'm a part of that community, I don't take advantage enough of it. I know like the audio dungeon on Discord is like a fantastic place and where people discuss ideas and do stuff. And I, and I don't use it enough. I don't go on there enough. And uh, a lot of that just has to do with my social media version. I'm just, I'm just not a big person on that. I don't like spending time on the computer doing that. Usually if I'm on the computer, I'm, I'm on Netflix or, or, um, uh, you know, trying to figure out what my next adventure is going to be and that. Because when you talk all day to people, sometimes when, when I get home, just need that quiet time to recharge uh, so I can get back at it the next day. But the thing is, is everybody that's on there is, you know, great to talk to. So it's not like it would expend any energy or anything, but it's just a, it's a habit I haven't formed yet that I would probably like to at least get on there for an hour once or twice a week just to kind of check up what's going on. I think that would probably be plenty and kind of participate in the conversation and see what everybody else is doing. Maybe get involved in a game. I know right now uh, I'm, I'm trying to get things back going. Uh, Monday night didn't uh, happen. La- didn't happen last night. Uh, so I put out the <coughs> call for next week. And then I also am playing in a game on Wednesday still where, but I, I've kind of stepped aside for GMing duties. And I spoke about that, I think earlier, or the previous episode where we're doing Harn, Rob Conley's running a Harn campaign and we're, we're just making up characters now. So I, I forgot how involved the characters were. They're actually quite involved. A lot of rolling. It's funny that Harn is such a deadly game, but to make a character, you know, they're, it took us, we didn't even finish character creation on the first night, and it took us, I don't know, probably 90 minutes to two hours to get as far as we did. We had a great time doing it. I mean, I love the Harn Tables, and I love the, you know, <laughs> the Harn Tables are kind of like Traveler in a way, uh, where you kind of, you can take these risks on getting more points to, to build your character, but you got a roll on medical tables, and I th- and then I think the other one was like a mental table, so you get to roll on those, and if you, depending on your roll, you can, you can <laughs> you jack your character up pretty bad, or nothing may happen. I I think I rolled once on each table, and I got something on both tables. I think I only have one eye. Alasa and I, and I don't remember what the I don't remember what the mental issue was I was ha- is going to be having, but um, it's always fun. I mean, those are those are fun to play too. So we're going to finish up our thing on on Wednesday. But uh, I guess they talk about that because I'm always looking to, to get in another game because uh, Rob's a fantastic GM. No, I mean he's he's one of the best I've ever gamed with by far, 
and but I'm always looking forward to experience like new games, new GMs, and that's I guess my roundabout way saying that I, I need to get on there and maybe figure out some new times that I can play and get going because there's a whole gaggle of uh, Brits out there and that uh, I, I love the game with. I mean, it just sounds like. I'm listening to some of them talk about some of the games they're running, and it, it sounds like a lot of fun. So, but that's it for today, guys. I just want to talk, you know, a little bit about, uh, or, you know, about the community and and how it really is a positive thing. It is a, it is a, uh, you know, dare I say, nurturing place for folks uh, that are having a hard time, or someone who's not, who's just trying to be creative, or someone who is just looking for a place to talk about gaming which is which is fantastic so all right guys i'm almost home it's gonna be supper time looking forward to you i'm hungry (laughs) i'm hungry so all right guys take care roll better me we'll talk soon